Welcome to the Futurist Public Intellectual. On August 24, 2023, Takaya Young was in her Lexus sedan after coming out of a Kroger grocery store in Blendon Township, a suburb of Columbus, Ohio. A store employee called the police, alleging that Young had stolen alcohol. Since there were two police officers already in the Kroger parking lot helping out another citizen, these police officers approached Young's car. One officer was on the driver's side, demanding that Young get out of the vehicle. The other officer walked to the front of the car while the first officer was speaking to Young. Young decided to not comply and started turning her steering wheel. The car made contact with the second officer, and then that officer fired a shot into the windshield, killing Young. Takaya Young's death is unfortunately similar to two other recent high-profile deaths at the hands of police officers, Tyree Nichols and George Floyd. When looking at just the objective facts, a pattern emerges. Each one begins with the Black victim in a vehicle, then there is some manner of resistance, noncompliance, and a scuffle, and then finally a fatal move by the police officers, whether it's with a gun, a fist, or a knee. It also becomes abundantly clear that both sides are culpable. In Young's case, the police officer could have shot the tires of the car instead of the driver. The whole point is to disable the suspect's mobility, not endanger them. Of course, this action does introduce the possibility of endangering innocent bystanders with ricocheting bullets. While it would have been pointless in Young's case since she didn't have any, the police officer also should have focused on taking down the license plate number in case the suspect fled. Young is culpable in the same way that Nichols and Floyd were culpable, in that they didn't fully comply with the police officer's demands. If anything, Young's behavior is even less understandable than Nichols's or Floyd's, because at least the latter two exhibited some degree of compliance. Young's flagrant noncompliance and attempted flight contributed to the escalation of the situation. When one introduces chaos to a situation, chaos will ensue. Driving off like Young or running away like Nichols is exactly the kind of chaos that allows hot-tempered police to rationalize the use of violence. While the Black Lives Matter movement would like to make these incidents about racism, they're actually about Black noncompliance to law enforcement and excessive force employed by the police in response to this noncompliance. Once again, culpability is on both sides. First of all, it's clear that Black Americans disproportionately do not comply compared to other races. For example, Hispanics make up 18.7% of the U.S. population, while Blacks make up 12.1%. That's 62 million Hispanics as opposed to 40 million Blacks. Considering how often we hear about Black Americans killed at the hands of police officers, why don't we hear about the same phenomenon with Hispanic Americans? There are 22 million more of them, and if it was about racism, 
they should be experiencing similar rates of police brutality. Black people experience more deaths through police brutality because they more frequently engage in noncompliance. If the BLM movement wants to save black lives, they need to think of the short-term solution first and advocate for peaceful compliance with police demands. Then the movement can focus on police reform. On the police side, there are multiple reforms that could be instituted to address the excessive force that is regularly exercised by police officers. First of all, raise the age and education requirements. There is something undermining about police officers enforcing laws regulating driving under the influence or underage drinking at bars when they themselves are not old enough to drink. Even California, the country's most populous state, raised the hiring age from 18 to 21 only in 2021. Considering people's brains continue to mature till around age 25, there is an argument to be made that 18-year-olds generally do not have the maturity nor the authority necessary to be effective at policing. 21 could be a good minimum hiring age because that gives 18-year-old high school graduates time to get at least an associate's degree before going into the police force. The reason for these requirements is that greater psychological maturity and education will hopefully facilitate better decision-making in high-stakes policing situations. Second, police need to be trained to prioritize people's lives over enforcing the law in all situations. While none of the three Black victims today were completely innocent, with the possible exception of Nichols, that doesn't mean that they deserve to die. In each of these cases, the number of police officers outnumbered the suspect. Since none of them brandished a weapon, the very fact that they died means that there was excessive force. Third, to go with the previous point, since people are more important than enforcing the law, it's sensible to require police officers to exhaust every other possible method of apprehending the suspect prior to resorting to firearms. In the German states of Bavaria and North Rhine-Westphalia, the laws state that, quote, a shot that will almost certainly be fatal is only permitted if it is the only means of preventing danger to the life or limb of a person, end quote. In Young's, Nichols's, and Floyd's cases, none of them possessed a gun. Finally, in order to ensure that excessive force isn't being used by police officers, a separate police oversight department could be established. Since the Internal Affairs Department usually handles cases of police brutality, they can't be trusted to be objective and do what's right for the community. Until the police force itself is better regulated and appropriate punishments are given for use of excessive force, it is unlikely that tragedies like Takaya Young will stop. In the meantime, please comply with an officer's orders. Thank you for listening to The Futurist Public Intellectual.